We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hello and welcome to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 136. Our episode is so fun today because it is the dynamic duo of two incredibly talented ladies who I was able to watch do their thing firsthand last year in person. And since then, they have teamed up with another professional to create an amazing program that I cannot wait for you to hear about. One is a sports and performance psychologist. The other is a horse professional, and they have the vision to harness the power of women to create a new transformational space for women and their horses. In a collaborative effort, they plan to change and challenge old perspectives and invite women to explore a greater connection to their energy through their riding. So without further ado, I would love to welcome our guests today, Dr. Jenny Susser and Meta Larson. So excited to chat with you. I am so happy I was able to, gosh, I think it was a little over a year ago, traveled to Ocala with some friends to watch one of your clinics and it was amazing. So I'm happy that we get to kind of talk and continue the conversation. (laughs) Us too. Cool. Well, I would love to hear how each of you first got into the equestrian world. So Meta, if you want to go first. Well, it started a long time ago and almost by accident. I mean, I've always loved horses, and so I've ridden since I was quite young. But when I was 16, I was we moved to Long Island, and there is a place there called Thomas School of Horsemanship. And I ended up boarding there and loved, have always loved the veterinary care aspect of horses. So I did a lot of treatments, and I did a lot of treatments on their horses. And there was a job opportunity as the, like the vet veterinary assistant for all the school horses that were at summer camp. Hmm. But as part of that, you had to take this horsemanship safety course. And during that course, you had to teach a group lesson. I had never taught a lesson in my life. I didn't (laughs) like it. I wasn't interested. My job was to take care of the horses at camp. I already had my job, but I did this course. And after I took this course and then taught that lesson, and after that lesson, Nancy Thomas gave me three group lessons a day at camp in addition to my other work. And that is really how my my career started. Wow. That's awesome. And then at what point did you like feel that transition of, oh, wait, I actually kind of enjoy this. (laughs) Well, I then went, I went to Morven Park International Equestrian Institute and I, it was a, a school in Virginia, in Leesburg, Virginia, where you, you really, what it was is they were developing trainers. That was what they were doing there. Mm. And it was probably one of the best years of my life. I rode with Catherine Worthy and Lieutenant Colonel Mark Darley. And after that experience with him, I wanted to teach and train. And and I actually, I ended up going, going to college, graduating early, but then going into horses and doing that professionally for a long time before I went back to school. And, you know, it was, that was for sure one of the best years of my life, even, even to this day. And, you know, I've taught and trained horses from that day forward. Amazing. What was there kind of a moment in time that you, it kind of clicked for you that like, oh man, I want to do this for the rest of my life or at the professional level, or was just kind of like over a long period of time process? 
I think that I wanted to do something with horses since I was probably 10. Yeah. And as I, but as I was growing up, I also realized that you need to take care of yourself. You could get hurt. You should have another backup career. You know, there were all those components to me trying to decide what to do. And I did do it professionally, just horses professionally for quite a few years before I went and got a, another career. And then and then after spending 20 years in another career, I've, I'm back to horses. Wow. So I probably should have stayed there, right? <laughs> but I'm sure you, like now that you have been a part of it, and, and I always feel like, I mean, I took a little bit of a break. I took about four years during college and I'm kind of thankful for that break now because it made me appreciate it even more. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I do appreciate it. Well, I think that the part, one of the big parts and actually Jenny was a big part of this was she reads a lot. She reads a lot, a lot, a lot. And Mm -hmm. And I get the benefit of that because then we get to talk about it. Yeah. And uh, one of them is one of the books that she just loves, and I actually just love as well, is called The Big Leap. And she's we've read this a couple. She's read this many times. I've read this a couple of times or listened to it. And we have these 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 areas of competency of expertise and genius. Is that correct, Jenny? No, maybe not. Jenny. Yeah, you're close. It's the author's name is Gay Hendricks, and it's a fantastic book. And he talks about there's four different areas of sort of that you can travel in. One is your area of incompetence, which obviously is things that you're not very good at. And he says, stay away. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Then you have your area of competence, which is you're just not very good at something and you really shouldn't be spending much time there either. The last two areas are your zone of excellence and your zone of genius. Hmm. And your zone of excellence is where you're obviously very good at something. In the corporate world, they would call your zone of excellence golden handcuffs. So like you're really good at something. However, it's not fulfilling. It doesn't really suit you. It just doesn't really match your purpose, but you're really good at it. Hmm. And then your, your zone of genius is like what you were born to do, you fulfilling on your purpose you lose time. It's where you get into that flow state. And he suggests that you structure your life to be in your zone of genius as much as possible. Got it. Yeah. I love that analogy. That's awesome. So that's what happened for me is I spent, I spent, you know, 20 some plus years in my zone of excellence was, which was Mm. geriatric medicine. Okay. And I, I love medicine. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love medicine, science, formulas, figuring out things. And I, I do, but what I realized is that I I wasn't the, I wasn't fulfilled. You know, it wasn't unhappy. I wasn't real happy, but I wasn't fulfilled and horses for sure are my zone of genius. Hmm. And, and so I'm back. Wow. That's so cool. At that point from after your break coming back, where were, how was that for you in your kind of transition? I mean, in that time off, had you been kind of still dabbling in riding or were you kind of out of it completely? And no, I've never stopped. Okay. It's just a matter of being able to have much more focus in it at this point. Yeah. Um, No, I've, I've never stopped. I've, you know, it's, it's all a for that, it was more time, how much time and how much can you devote and when you're doing many other things. So exactly. Yeah. 
Amazing. Jenny, what about you? How did you find yourself in the equestrian world? It's a long and windy road. (laughs) (laughs) Road when I was little, backyard barn stuff, Mm -hmm. hardly any lessons, but I had my dad's best friend had some horses in his backyard. And so I rode there then, and I grew up in Pennsylvania. And then right before I started high school, my whole family moved to Southern California. And so I moved to LA and didn't see a horse for 20 years. And then I was working on my dissertation. And so I had a little bit of quote unquote free time. And so a friend and I went on a, one of those city slickers vacations. Yeah. And that was kind of it. I was kind of done after that. So then I got back (laughs) into it and I had, I had ridden in a flat saddle when I was a kid. And after my city slickers vacation, which was all Western, Mm -hmm. I got home and I had a friend who was riding dressage. I didn't even know what dressage was, but I love like the technical, you know, need to be very organized. It really matches my brain well. So Mm -hmm. that's how I got back into dressage. And when I became a sports psychologist, I decided I'm not going to work with equestrians because I saw how veterinarians didn't have time to ride Mm. and sort of wrecked their horse life for them. So for several years, I refused to work as a sports psychologist in the horse industry. And then mm-hmm. London Gray kind of dragged me into it. And I just discovered that I have a, I, being a rider and then also having been a competitor, I, I was a swimmer. I swam for UCLA and on a couple of national teams. So I have the performance perspective. And then once I put it all together, I found that it just really worked and I actually loved it. And it has mm. not taken away from my life as, as an equestrian myself. So it's, it's been, I feel pretty lucky about that. Amazing. Tell me a little bit about kind of the start and the mission behind C6. Cause I know this is something that you guys spend a lot of your time toward. And I think I got a little taste of it when I came and saw you in Ocala. But tell me a little bit about how that came together and what you're doing with it now. Sure. So it's one of those things where, you know, kind of all of the stars align. And so the the clinic that you came to actually was one of the ones that led us to C6. So I've been doing work in the in the horse world. So a lot of my sports psychology work is with equestrians and mostly with adult amateur women who have confidence issues. Sure. And so I did a series of clinics for like five or six years. I went all over the country and I taught this uh, clinic, worked with mounted riders and it was called Riding with Confidence. And that was just like, uh, those are the calls I get all day, every day Mm -hmm. for a decade. You know, I just, I am unconfident. And so that, that I have a lot of experience with and spent a lot of time in. And then, then I started doing corporate stuff and had to choose. So I chose corporate. And so for the last eight or so years, I had been really pretty much exclusively working in the corporate world. Mm. But I saw the same confidence issues there. And this past year in 2019, starting, second half of 2019, I started a year-long program for a major healthcare system in the Northeast. And we did a women's leadership summit and it was just all women. And while I had done small groups before with executive groups in the corporate world, doing working with women leaders, I had never done like this. It was pretty big 75. Mm. 
and it just was magic. Like wow. it was so amazing. And the, the comments and the feedback that we got from the women and how the, the two things that were amazing were number one, walking into a room and having just women in the room, like the comfort zone, the connection, yeah. the immediacy of the ability to be yourself was really kind of stunning to all of us. And then the second thing that that emerged from that was this incredible community. So it was really interesting because I had experienced that in the horse in the corporate world. And then I said to Meta, I'm like, let's do that in the horse world. Let's just give it a try. Let's just see if we can get, you know, a couple dozen women together and see what mm-hmm. happens. And Sinead came. You know, we've known Sinead for several years. And yeah. she and she came to our first one and she was and she said the exact same thing right? You walk in the arena, it's all women. Mm-hmm. You immediately drop your defenses. Mm-hmm. So that was just sort of the stumbling point. And then the way that we were able to connect and form a community was really kind of the extraordinary, most important, like most shocking part of it. And so we just kind of took it from there. Sinead came over and Sinead is, well, to us, she's famous for her notebook, and the way that like she scribbles like sideways upside down all around <laughs> like her 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 notebook is awesome and famous and yep. she came over and she's like this was amazing we have to get this to as many people as possible and that's really that's really where it started so cool what is it like with you know the three of you all working together what what are your roles kind of within a session like this with a group of ladies Meta, you want to take that? Yeah. So you never know. It's what shows up because it's cool. what they need, right? When someone shows up, you don't know who they're going to need until they're there. Yeah. And they may need Jenny initially or throughout a lesson. They might need something from Sinead or they might need something from from me. And it's just like we know. It, you show up, we're going to know who, who you need. Mm-hmm. And, and then we just kind of tag team each other. And sometimes it's one person, sometimes it's two of us, sometimes it's all three of us. And then by the end, it's magic. Yeah. Horses, art, and fashion. Experience all three with Donna B. Fine Art, who is our lovely sponsor today. Donna is a contemporary equestrian artist, painter, and stylist. Her horse paintings seriously light up any room and are sought after by collectors and designers everywhere. Now she has reimagined these signature artworks as elegant silk scarves, which is the fashion accessory for the modern equestrian. From barn to beach to boardroom and back again, wear your love for horses in a Donna B. silk art art scarf. Love your horse, live your horse style. You can shop the website for horse art and fashion over at DonnaBernstein.com. That's D-O-N-N-A-B-E-R-N-S-T-E-I-N.com. Thank you so much, Donna. All right, let's get back to the episode. Meta, can you, just for people listening who maybe haven't been able to experience this magic firsthand, can you tell like a story or something that sticks out in your head of something that you've experienced that has, you know, kind of happened in a session? Sure. We've had, um, so it's been, there've been some remarkable changes that have occurred. We've had, I'll do a short one. We had a woman come in that was riding and, you know, we'll have them go out the again the horse is really just the medium for what it is we're 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 helping people with 
but she's riding around and she's very tense and she worries. Anxiety is a big part for many riders. And as I watched, and we, the three of us were there, but as I watched and I could see, you know, you start to ask questions. Okay, what are you thinking about? Hmm. You see the anxiety often when someone's riding and then the horse gets anxiety and you, they get up into this high negative energy state and and things don't go so well. And as I had her talking to me, she was talking about how she was, you know, worrying about what was going to happen. And so in the conversation with her, I said, you know, okay, so if you're looking into the future, you've got to come back to the present, start riding. You don't want to ride the past. We know that, but you're riding everything into the future. And that was like a light bulb for her. So when she could see that she was riding the future versus the present, everything changed. Wow. And what came from that is in her, in her career or many careers, one of the things she was in the military. And so of course, all you're thinking about is the future. And it's the same with anybody who's in corporate or any kind of big business. They're always thinking future, put out fires, all of those type of things. And, and they come and get on a horse and their mind is still that way. But when we ride and ride the most effectively with the most connection to our horses, we have to ride the horse that shows up in the arena today and who we are today. And when Mm -hmm. we can get into that space, we can get the best connection relationship with our horses and, and do a better job at our rides, whether it's improving our rides or working on our confidence, Mm -hmm. um, but, but that was very, very clear. And it was, you know, a one liner that yeah. made a huge difference. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. I was going to ask you, like, how do you work through, because I'm sure you get so many different riders and levels and, you know, past baggage and, and all of those things. And then you also have the other dynamic of the horse and its insecurities and anxiety and past baggage. Jenny, how do you kind of navigate through that as these you know, these sessions just totally bring different partnerships. How do you, how do you kind of navigate that? Cause there, I'm sure there's situations where it's a really tough horse or it's a, a rider that can't get past something or, or feel confident. How do you do that? Well, I'm lucky to have partners like yeah. Meta and Sinead. Yeah. <laughs> so first, that's the first thing, but the, you know, it's almost a little bit of triage. And when you have so many different things to tackle at once, Oh, the the mistake that a lot of people make is to try and tackle more than one thing at once. Sure. And so what I look for is okay, what's what's what what are the most pressing issues? And then where is the skill set suited the best? Right. So I always look for the strongest place. Like if they if there's an issue with the horse, then we look for the strength in, okay, what can the rider do mm-hmm. in order to be able to help the horse? If the issue is more with the rider. Then I'm looking at okay, where are the what what strengths do they have? The interesting thing that happens with adult amateur women is that I would say a significant proportion, maybe more than fifty percent, of the women that we've encountered and that I've encountered over the years, they have a very successful career outside of horses, hmm. especially if they're adult amateurs, right? So. Yeah. You know, like I've attorneys, physicians, CEOs, Mm -hmm. business owners, like these incredibly successful women who have worked years and years and years and years and are incredibly successful in their careers. And then they ride a couple of hours a week 
and aren't as successful. And the frustration, the, the lack of connection to that is really astounding. And so helping them, number one, understand that, that getting good at something is, is definitely a function of time. You know, there's a lot of things that, that go into it, skills, community, practice, but a lot of it is time. You know, if you spent, if you spend 60 hours a week working as a doctor and you spend six hours a week riding, you cannot expect to have the same level of success or proficiency, but, Mm -hmm. but that's never really occurred to many women, right? And they get on their horse and they're like, why aren't I great at this? (laughs) (laughs) And so that's the first thing. And then the second thing is, is that a lot of times we forget that we can draw on these other areas where we're really successful. So I had this, I had this wonderful woman. I tell this story all the time. I had this great woman in a clinic years and years and years ago. And she was this little tiny woman and she was on this little tiny horse and they were just great and, and a really super good pair. And she started warming up for her ride. And as she went into the faster gates, like as she moved from walk to trot, she got a little more tense. And then when she went into the canter, I thought she was going to come right off because she went right into her fetal position and Mm. got really scared. And I was Mm -hmm. like, if we start, so I stopped her and we were talking about what was going on. And I looked at her and I said, well, what do you do for a living? Right. Cause it was just, she had no connection to her skill set. Yeah. And it was funny because her whole body changed. She sits up tall. This was in Virginia, <laughs> right? She sits up tall. She, uh, if she wasn't holding the reins, she would have put her fists on her hips. And uh-huh. she went, I am an international airline pilot. I fly uh-huh. the 777s from D.C. to Tokyo. And I'm looking at her, I'm like, holy cow, this is a powerhouse. Yeah. Completely folding on her horse from mm-hmm. fear. And so I said, well, do you have a protocol that you go through before you're like ready to even roll back from the gate in your airplane? And she goes, do I? I have 20. (laughs) I have lists and lists and lists and lists. Would you like me to show you my list? Uh And I was like, okay, great. And you feel safe taking off in a giant 777 to fly for 18 hours. You feel safe doing yeah. that after going through these checklists. And she was like, yeah. And she's like, I think we can come up with something for the canter. Yeah. Wow. And she was like, boom, you know, like it, it was really cool. Mm. So a lot of times there are so many skills that we don't then transfer over to our riding. And we can, I, I love, I love taking advantage of that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's so cool. How do you feel like for for both of you, because my good friend Allie over at Noelle Floyd has mentioned she she knows you guys well now from you having a masterclass over there. And for anyone (laughs) listening, I highly recommend you guys heading over to Noelle Floyd for that masterclass. But that both of you, we know Meta is an incredible rider, but I've heard through the grapevine Jenny, you are amazing too, and you don't talk about it as much, but you're an incredible writer too. How do you feel like this work and just talking through scenarios and working with other writers has helped both of your writing personally? Meta, if you want to answer first. Oh, it makes me be aware and conscious of what I'm doing. And so then when I'm out, then I'm just more aware and I'm more, in, I have a better connection with my horse as yeah. I you know, and so that, that has really helped because I just do, and I don't think about it. Mm-hmm. And so when I, in doing C6 or doing the masterclass for Noel Floyd, I had to think about what is it I'm actually doing that's creating a result, which then mm-hmm. 
I could think about more and say, oh boy, I could do a better job if I did a little bit more of this or a little bit less of that. Mm. And so I think it's been actually quite helpful. And then the other part of it is like, Jenny's just brilliant. You know, her <laughs> her getting into and breaking things down and talking about it and even working with other riders and seeing what she does is, is just helpful across the board. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Jenny, what do you think? Well, I have to admit, I haven't ridden since September because I tore <laughs> some cartilage in my knee. So oh, I've been out ouch. of the game for a little bit. But I will tell you, working with riders and and as like a, an equestrian coach, it actually keeps me honest. And I am, okay, I'm, I'm okay on a horse. <laughs> I'm not brilliant by any stretch of the imagination. I have been lucky to be in the same arena and coached by Meta for... 18 years. So all of my, all of my learning I owe to her and Mm -hmm. she really taught me how to ride and how to be a horsewoman. Her, you know, she's brilliant. (laughs) Like the way that she can see things and feel things and help a horse has, has been the part that's just been so amazing for me. Like Mm. when, as a swimmer, my body, like I was the athlete Right. as a rider, the horse's body is the athlete. Mm-hmm. And so we have to figure out how to interpret that. And they have four legs and this giant body and they weigh over a thousand pounds and helping them find balance is so incredibly different from how a human finds balance that that is what, that's one of the main things that Meta has taught me and that I just take with me every second that I'm on or with my horse which is how do I help them find better balance so that they feel better and they're an easier ride. But it also, like, I'm not the kind, like, because I don't ride as much, I fall into the unconfident, less experienced rider. Mm. And so it's actually great because we've got Meta who is, you know, just like everyone calls her Velcro, but like you just, she just is part of the horse when you watch her ride. Right. And then there's Sinead who, you know, rode at the world equestrian games. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I do a good job of balancing these two masterful, incredible riders Mm -hmm. out by like, Hey, wait a second. Those of us who aren't (laughs) as confident are going to ask this question. Mm -hmm. So it ends up being this really cool, fun, wonderful dynamic. Totally. Love it. What would you say is an area of the industry that both of you are really passionate about that you feel like the rest of the equestrian community either just doesn't know a lot about or doesn't talk that much about? Jenny, if you want to answer this first. Well, yes. And when I got your email and I saw this question, I'm like, this is why. (laughs) <laughs> we created C6. Amazing. <laughs> it's completely why C6 exists. So like I was saying a little bit before, you know, work mostly with women and confidence issues mm-hmm. and watching and listening to so many women over the phone, in person, at clinics, through email, communicate how desperate they are to feel confident, how desperate they are to feel connected with their horse right? There's this huge, there's almost, it's almost like a conflict that horses become competitive because they're our pets. They're part Mm -hmm. of our family. We love them. I always make the joke, like, you know, if you really didn't care about horses, you'd be on a dirt bike right now. So we have this conflict, right? Because we have this relationship with this giant other sentient being. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that that, that C6 is passionate about is the model, 
the model of where horses and horse training came from, and we call it uh, cowboy, cavalry, and carriage. Mm. So when horses were first introduced to our to humankind, like they were utility, right? The cowboys used them to to you know work their land. Then they were carriage horses to for transportation, right? And and they were cavalry originally to take us to battle. Right. or to take men to battle. So the training models were all created by men. Not like that's a bad thing. That's that's where we were. That was the roles. That, mm-hmm. But it's but it comes from a different place. The way that I think a man relates to performance and goals and end games is a little bit different than the way that a woman does, especially a woman in her relationship with Foofy, her horse that she absolutely loves. And I don't know that you I think you could probably get every single woman who has a horse within five minutes to cry about how much they love their horse. <laughs> exactly. <right? Yep. laughs> so, so we have this amazing relationship with our horse and then we got to take them to battle, mm. you know, in the ring. And so for us at C6, it was really about, can we create a new model that's based on how women do it? Mm. Because women are different. Women have a softness that men don't have. Now, believe me, if women were training horses for cavalry, I don't know that we would have ever won any wars. <laughs> so, there's not, right? yeah. so, it was, yeah. so that was useful. Mm. However, now in 2021, what do we need as women to be able to create a more powerful relationship to our skills, mm. to our ability to following our gut, our instincts, and taking all the knowledge that we have and, and making it fit. You know, it's kind of like when they started making women's running shoes so that women didn't have to run in men's shoes. Mm-hmm. You know, it, just we're just looking for a better fit. Um, yeah. Because I think it would support women in those in those main areas of confidence and, and feeling like they, they're connected with their horse. Mm-hmm. I love that. Meta, what do you think? Ditto. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know, you know, that you no, know, everything that Jenny is saying is, you know, what what and why we're doing all this. And you know, for for me as part of all this, it's all of that and just wanting to make a difference in horses and humans. And, you know, we've, Jenny and I have been working towards this without, you know, and it wasn't C6 then, but this type of idea and this model for a long time. And it's, everybody's ready and wanting it. And Mm. yeah, I mean, this is, this is why we're doing it for all those reasons. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. I mean, with 2021 and how the world is right now, what does this year kind of look like for you guys? That's a great question. I I think as we're, as we're sort of testing the waters with C6, first of all, we're finding that this resonates with women and it even resonates with a lot of men. We've gotten a lot of emails and comments, you know, from husbands and boyfriends like, oh, you know, like my wife is so confident now, like you completely changed her and mm. that we do a bi-monthly Zoom call. And a lot of times the, we'll hear the man in the background going, you have to go to the symposium, honey, this is perfect. <laughs> you know, like, so it's really created this, this access for, for everyone. So mm-hmm. with 2021, what we're really looking forward to is figuring out how to get out there exactly what we want our voice to sound like and mm-hmm. and just really create as much community as we can the the community has just been so fun and so wonderful amazing and meta what does it look like for your riding schedule are you going to be showing quite a bit 
I, I would love to be. And we're yeah. patching up a couple of our horses that, mm. you know, have done things while in turnout and, mm-hmm. and as they do. Yeah. Uh, but as we, as I get them back, then I will start showing again. And I'm really looking forward to that. And then, and then just developing more of our, of what we're doing and how it works best for people. That'll be what I'll be working on for the remainder of this year. Amazing. Well, ladies, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, teach me a little bit more about what C6 is kind of stands behind and what you guys are looking forward to this year. And I just really appreciate it. And I wish you both all the best. Thanks. Thanks for having us. All right. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you next week.